Recorded live.
Let's get ready to rumble. Are you ready to throw down? Yes, I is. All right, y'all want me to open up in prayer? What is this? Father God, let your word begin to manifest. Let your spirit go forth. Grab hold of your children. Move in a great and mighty way, Father. Anoint, teach, uplift, strengthen, and encourage. Help us to hear from you, Father. Help your word to increase in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, where are we at today? So yesterday we were talking about unlimited faith because we were talking about the gift of faith. I think I'll start back there. The gift of faith has been manifested by many of God's servants. It is evidence when a supernatural event occurs with no human effort. Faith permits God to perform on your behalf. The gift of faith is unlimited for the simple reason that God, not man, is the door. God is the source of the energy. If it were not the call, case, then the gift of faith would have to be limited, as are some of the other spiritual gifts. The gift of healing is a limited gift, as we will discover later. The gift of faith deals with more than conquerors. Now, we talked about that yesterday, being more than a conqueror. A conqueror is a person who meets another person of equal strength and knocks him out. A person who is more than a conqueror just stands and says, fall, and down goes that other person. And we were talking about how Jesus, when he was um, the Garden of Gethsemane, he stood forward, all the soldiers fell back, because that's his spiritual anointing and being built up that strong. And that's how God is raising us up to be the more than conquerors. But see, again, we have to get out of the carnality aspect of it because it's only natural when we think of more than conquer. Let's go to, let's go to um, the fight that was just on with uh, Floyd Money Mayweather and um, the dude. Conquering, battle. We, we have a tendency to reflect upon the natural realm. That's one of the biggest things with sports because we're going at each other. And it's a natural tendency for us. To, it draws us. It's going back to the Roman days to even to now. So that's because we're always thinking about outdoing each other. Now, there are conquerors also in their mental fields. There's people who have the chess matches and stuff like that. So, but God, again, wants us to be more than conquerors. So let's, let's, let's say maybe we can become groomed to be more than conquerors in the spiritual arena. How about that? How about, you know, God, I want to be more than conqueror in the spiritual arena. And if that's the case, then it doesn't matter where you were born, how you were born, any of that. What do I mean by that? You don't have to have a, a 390 IQ or whatever that is because God has no respect to persons. If you have a willing and obedient heart to be used and raised up in that manner, God will raise you up. You know why? Because he's looking for those who will say yes. Because many are called, few are chosen. Few are going to go forth because there's going to be too many requirements. People are going to say it out of their mouth, but they're not really going to do it. You could be, but see, now this is the thing. I'm going to read, say this, and I'm going to get, keep reading. Understand, you know, just the natural thing of time that 
It might not. It's not going to turn around right away. You're going to go through a lot of things. And what do I mean by that? If you a bum living out on the street, you get salvation, and it just in the natural, it might take you 30 years to get from the level of a bum on the street to being a more than conqueror as far as as far as um you know provision doing what God calls you to do. Now, if you say if it take you 30 years, well, if you get saved at the age of 40, well, you're already seven years old. Your natural strength is waning. If you get saved at the age of 10, well, you're 40 years old. You're kind of right. So I'm just saying that in the sense of think of this is how we have to be understand how things work. Or understand when I say God, you know, God is no respecter of persons. You know that it's not that you also have a lot of things that apply. And nine times out of ten, wherever we're at, we're stuck in those positions for reasons, decisions we made, choices we made, things that happened. And in order for us to get unstuck, it requires a lot of work. The gift of faith deals with more than conquerors. A conqueror is a person who meets another person of equal strength and knocks him out. A person who's more than a conqueror just stands and says, fall and fall down and fall, fall and down goes that other person. The gift of faith functions in all those who are more than conquerors. God does something while your hands are closed. That means you are more than a conqueror. He does the fighting. You do the rejoicing. In the gift of faith, God does all the work. I do not mean to imply that you are lazy. You simply have the anointing and the power of God within you. You speak it and God does it. If you say it can't be done, you are right. It can't in your life. You cannot function in God without faith. That is why you should read the Bible every day. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The gift of faith functions on behalf of the believer to bring about that which otherwise would, be, would not be possible through the person's efforts. Let's illustrate this gift of faith with some examples from the word of God. Moses, according to the word of God, took his staff and dropped it at the feet of the greatest king of his day, Pharaoh of Egypt. Pharaoh was the strongest monarch upon the face of the earth at that time. He was a kingdom of strength on earth. When Moses laid down his shepherd's staff, it suddenly changed into a king cobra. So Pharaoh called in his magicians. When they threw down their staffs, they too became serpents. But Moses' serpents devoured theirs. When Moses reached down and took up the cobra, it became a staff again. That's in Exodus 7, 10 through 13. Here was functioning a sovereign power in Moses' behalf. Moses had nothing to do with what happened. He was just an observer of what God did, and it was a miracle. Very convincing and monarch. Pharaoh finally let the children of Israel leave the land of Egypt because of the mighty miraculous signs that Moses called into being. Moses called the miracles into being, and God performed them. The greater power, the great power of God was demonstrated without Moses even lifting a finger. He just folded his hands. So now in that example, we are familiar with Moses being obedient, then going forth to do what God called him to do. Now recognize the first Moses too was just like the rest of us. He was afraid. He was trying to throw at God who he was and what he couldn't do. And he, he had to literally, God had to just finally say, dude, go do it. I, I, I can't do it. I can't talk. I'm a stutterer. I, I don't know. And finally he, he started doing it. And God sent Aaron. So him and Aaron went to, you know, um, went and strove with Pharaoh for those ten, ten wondrous signs. But, again, let's look at this. Let's, let's go back into this. Look at the struggle. And I want you to understand that because so often, you know, we'll look at the TV or we'll hear about things that happen in people's lives and we think that, oh, yeah, this happened. I want you to also be reflective upon the struggle. 
I talked about that yesterday, you know, the issue, the lady with the issue of blood. See, we think of these miracles and these signs, but do you hear the, the, the preview? 20 years, 15 years, the issue of blood broke. Moses, we, yeah, he crossed the Red Sea and all this stuff. But you see all the struggle he did before he got to this point, how he ran from Pharaoh. He was in the desert for 40 years. How he even strove when he went back with the children of Israel. They were murmuring against Moses. See, we, we need to understand what comes along with the miracle. I stated yesterday, yeah, you can get a miracle. Nine times out of ten, by the time you get a miracle, it's because you, you, you're way past your, your stint. You're on the edge. I, I, I don't know what else to do. I've done everything else. Everything else is falling apart. I have nothing else. You're going to go through your crying, your screaming, your hurt, and your pain. And I need you to understand it's just part of the process. It's part of the process. You do not need to quit. Give up. Stop. See, that's what stops our miracles. That's what stops our breakthroughs. Us. That's what stops us from receiving God's word. Us. It's not his word. It's us. So we need to come to understand and see we're going to be the ones that are going to be transformed to his word. We're the ones that's going to have to come into an agreement with his word. But his processes have to occur because in order for us to become in agreement with his word, we're going to have to die. Flesh is going to be mortified, going to be put to death. Death is death. Our flesh doesn't want to do it. You don't want to change your mindset. You don't want to stop doing the things you enjoy. You don't want to stop doing something. You know what? This is the bad part about it. There are things we don't enjoy, but we still keep doing it. No, you think I'm crazy. Oh, yeah, go talk to somebody who's strung out, how bad they want to quit it. But then they run back out there to get another hit. Talk to them. Man, I know I got to quit this. Man, I hurt my mama, my family, this, that, and the other. And then they run out there and do it again. See, that's why you got to get an understanding of all the things that affect us naturally, physically, generationally. That's the only way you're going to become more than conquerors. That's the only way you're going to overcome and get up out of these ruts and these stuck places that we're in is to get an understanding, get an understanding of spirit, soul, and body. That's the only way we're going to break through and do the great miraculous things that God has ordained and destined us to do. Elijah, the gift of faith is beautifully shown to us in the life of Elijah, God's prophet. In 1 Kings chapter 17, Elijah was hidden away in the wilderness with nothing to eat, and there were no bakeries or, <laughs> or shops close by. The Lord caused the ravens to be, bring meat and bread to Elijah. It was a miracle that the ravens did not eat the food before it reached Elijah. Hello. Mm. Mm. Come on now, let's be real. And there was a famine in the land. But you think the birds weren't hungry? But you know God is God. He makes provision for his servants. He said, I get bread to the eat and seed to the soil. So in that case, the bread, the ravens were literally sore. So that means God gave provision for them as well as for him. Lies was hidden away the wilderness with nothing to eat, and there was no breakers or shops close by. The Lord caused the ravens to bring meat and bread to Elijah. It was a miracle that the ravens did not eat the food before it reached Elijah, because that is a natural way of doing things. But God is able to take that which ordinarily happens and change it to suit his purposes. Elijah did nothing to get his meals. 
There was no labor on his part, none whatsoever. He just said, Lord, I thank you for supplying my needs. Here we find that not only did God supply Elijah his bread and meat there, but when the brook dried up, God told Elijah, Rise, get thee to Zarephath. Behold, I commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. When Elijah reached Zarephath, he found the widow also about to die. He asked her for some bread and water. She told him, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil on cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go on my dresser for me and my son that we may eat it and die. In response, Elijah spoke words of faith and comfort to her. He said, Fear not. Go and do as I have said, but make me therefore a little cake first and bring it unto me, and after that make a cake for thee and thy son. Elijah told her to make him a little cake first. You know when we pay our tithes to God first, we're going to get first treatment for him, from him. God will treat us that way, and I wasn't a first-class treatment from God, and I want first-class treatment from God. So the woman prepared the cakes and gave it to Elijah first. And through the command of this prophet of God, she, he, and her house did eat many days. And when the barrel meal was wasted not, neither the cruise of oil fell, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. The woman was supernaturally fed through three years of famine because of the word God spoke by God's man, Elijah. That was a gift of faith to Elijah. So here we are. He's by the, he's by the brook, Zarephath. Then when the brook dried up, God sends him to Zarephath. And he met the, the widow woman. Now, this is a little interesting story because here she is. She's, you know, she's, look, I, I'm, I'm old. I'm a widow. I have nothing. I'm going to make this last cake for me and my son. And that's it. I'm done. Hope is lost for her. Now, faith is a thing hopeful. Now, faith is a substance of things hopeful. Her hope is lost. She's getting ready to die. So here comes God in the form of Elijah, working through Elijah. And he talks to her and says, what are you doing? I'm getting ready to go die. Make this cake and die. I had nothing to give you. No, get some, make something for me first. All right. Tell David to start walking toward the truck. Start walking. So... The woman had to be obedient. Here she was in a state of hopelessness because she's getting ready to die. So when faith entered in, it restored her hope. You get that? When he spoke the word of faith, it restored her hope to give her the strength and encouragement to be obedient to do what God called her to do. But that's only because she received it. She could have denied it and said no and stayed in and of herself. Then she would not have been used by God. See, we always have a choice in the matter. We always have a choice of whether or not we're going to be obedient to do what God called us to do. She could have said, you know what, no, dog, I ain't got She could have got to murmuring and complaining and mourning about what I don't have, blah, just skippy, woo, woo. But she didn't. That's the same thing with us. When God gives us a word, we need to receive it. See, not only did that, once her hope was restored, she found the strength and the energy to be obedient, and then the provision came. The provision doesn't come before us, and that's where we miss it too. So often we're waiting for the provision to come before. No, the provision comes when you do an act of faith. Her act was going, getting up, and doing what he called her to do. So Elijah spoke a word. 
It restored her hope. Her light went back on. Okay, she did it. And as she did it, and then obedience made his first, she could have said, no, nah, I'm going to take this, and I'm going to eat this first, but no. See, all this is prerequisites. That's how God ordains for us to act. So we can receive his blessings. So often we want the blessings of God, but we don't want to do it the way that God has ordained for us to do it. Elisha. Another example of the gift of faith and operation is in 2 Kings chapter 6. Elisha had his Bible school boys out cutting down some trees. When other students hit a tree with an axe, the axe flew off the flew off the, and fell into the Jordan River. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, where fell it? And he showed him the place, and he got down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Now, okay, now who knows about iron swimming? Really? Okay, boats, but they're designed in a certain way where you call buoyancy. I'm pretty sure they didn't have iron swimming back in those days. So now, okay, you take an axe handle and see how good it swims for you, especially when it's already at the bottom of the river. The man of God, Elisha, acted in the gift of faith, illustrating the power of that gift. Seven of the nine gifts of the Spirit function in the Old Testament. The only two of the nine gifts that begin with the New Testament are tongues and interpretation of tongues. These seven gifts in the Old Testament did not function in the same way as in the New Testament. They came upon men only at special times and special situations. I'm going to read that again. Seven of the nine gifts of the Spirit function in the Old Testament. The only two of the nine gifts that began with the New Testament are tongues and interpretation of tongues. Those are two separate things, tongues and the interpretation of tongues. These seven gifts in the Old Testament did not function in the same way as in the New Testament. They came upon men only at special times and special situations. Why did they come upon men? Because men had a dead spirit. See, the new birth came with Christ Jesus. So it could not come within man. It can only come upon man. Elisha was one of the most remarkable of these men. Read 2 Kings chapter 2-13. through 13, And notice how many times Elisha demonstrated the word of God, knowledge. He functioned in the word of knowledge more than anyone of his day. Read beginning with the time Elijah called him to service until his death. And see how many times he supernaturally understood things from a distance. It is a very enlightening study. All right, I think I got to go fuss and fight with somebody for a minute. I'm going to turn on the music. We'll see.
Alright, I'm back. talking about Elisha. Let's talk about Daniel. Daniel was a remarkable man of faith. Having been brought from his homeland of Israel into Babylon, he was a refugee, but more than that, Daniel was a prisoner of war. He was such a handsome, clever fellow that he was put into training with the other young man. He was so clever, in fact, that he soon rose to the top and with some of his friends was actually ruling Babylon. The Babylonians became jealous of Daniel because of his remarkable wisdom, which is actually coming from God. He had a source of information, a source of blessing, which the Babylonians knew nothing about. Out of jealousy, these men spied on Daniel to find something for which they could accuse him before the king. When they found him praying three times a day to Jehovah, they managed to trick the king into passing the law, proclaiming that prayer could be offered to no one except the king of Babylon. They made their king into a god, not because they loved him, but because they hated Daniel. The penalty for anyone disobeying his law was to be thrown into a special den alliance. Daniel knew about the law, but his faith was so strong that he would not stop praying to his god. He prayed with his windows wide open for all to hear and see. Eventually, he was arrested and brought before the king. When the king realized what had happened, he was very sorry about the situation but had no choice except to condemn Daniel and command that he be cast into the den of lions. The king must have, been fine, must have had faith in Daniel's faith, though because he told him, the God whom thou servest continuously, he will deliver thee. And the next morning he hurried to check on Daniel. He must have had faith or he would have not done that. He simply would have sent out servants to pick up Daniel's bones. When he reached the den, he found Daniel safe and sound, ready to go back to work. How did that happen? by the power of faith. When Daniel was placed in the den of lions, he was immediately the master of the... Ooh, shut it up. Father God, wow. When Daniel was placed in the den of lions, he was immediately the master of the situation. Mm, wow. Mm. Ooh, yadadakandaka. And see, that's why you can't be afraid to face your situations and circumstances. If you are truly trusting and believing in God the way that you say you are, why are you running from the negative situations? Why are you running from the hard things? Then you're truly not trusting in God the way you say that you do. When Daniel was placed in the den of lions, he was immediately the master of the situation. He did not hurt the beast. He did not ask God for power to tear them to pieces. He simply radiated a force which caused the lions to lie down in perfect peace as he slept among them. He wasn't even scared to go to sleep. Come on now. Can y'all get this? As many times have I heard and read this story, but see, this is when we're talking about the revelation power of God. Mm, mm, mm. And we spend so much time Pulling back from what God called us to do. How many situations and circumstances that are in front of us and God is saying, go forth, do this. And well, I ain't ready yet. Or I would. Or this. And, and, and no. Are you going to really trust God? Think about that. Daniel was lured into the den of the lions. 
he immediately was made master of the situation to the point that he even slept with his enemies. Come on now. I'm going to just keep reading this. One more time. When Daniel was placed in the den of lions, he was immediately the master of the situation. He did not hurt the beast. He did not ask God for God to pay power to tear them in pieces. He simply radiated a force which caused the lions to lie down in perfect peace as he slept among them. Daniel personally did nothing. It was God who performed the amazing miracle. The gift of faith was in action. Daniel told the king, My God have sent an angel and has shut the lion's mouths, but they have not hurt me. Mm. That's deep. That's deep. Now we're going to read about his friends, the three Hebrew children. As we see in Daniel's case, the gift of faith is the opposite. See, that's right there. The gift of faith is the opposite of fear. That's it right there. The gift of faith is the opposite of fear. Two different realms, two different sources. Who do you choose to believe? Who do you choose to walk in? As we see in Daniel's case, the gift of faith is the opposite of fear. There is no sense of fear or apprehension or uncertainty involved in faith. If there is, then it is not faith. Faith only functions in serenity, confidence, and peace. Come on. Come on. Come on. Faith only operates serenity, confidence, and peace. You see how and why the enemy attacks those areas so strong? And I talk about that all the time. Why you got to find your center, the eye of the hurricane? Because, see, you got to recognize that your peace comes from within. Your peace is not contingent upon everything that's going on around you. If Because if, if you get caught up in that, then you won't be able to function. I'm doing it right now, trying to do the prayer call, trying to take care of Stinky. Who went to, he, he, he won that battle. I'm on y'all. He won that battle. He slipped by me on that one. I'm, I'm going to let him win that one. But you, if you're frustrated, aggravated, mad, then you're not operating out of the anointing and the power of God. The devil knows that. So what happens, you might think you are, but what happens is you are turning to self and soul life for strength, for guidance, and for direction. That's why the enemy throws so much to distract and disrupt you. That's why God has to train you. That's where relationship comes and knowing his voice. See, all those things are involved in order to be able to flow with the power of God and the gift of faith. One of the choices illustration of this faith action, I believe, is of the three Hebrew children in the book of Daniel, chapter 3. These three young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, refused to bow down and worship the golden image of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. When Nebuchadnezzar heard of this, he commanded that they be placed in a fiery furnace that had been heated seven times hotter than usual. So now we got the same Babylon, but now we got Nebuchadnezzar compared to the, uh, I forget who the king was before them, who died, because Daniel was, pretty, I believe, still alive. But this king, because, see, the other king, of the, when the Daniel said, I believe in your God, Nebuchadnezzar, at this point, he was egotistical. So God made him in a werewolf. Actually, people, that's where the werewolf came from when he ran around for seven years and like an um, animal. Just letting you know. So now Nebuchadnezzar, he wasn't tuned in to God. He got indignant when they didn't want to worship his God. 
When Nebuchadnezzar heard of this, he commanded that they be placed in a fiery furnace that had been heated seven times hotter than usual. When they were cast into the furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego made no effort to fight the flames. They did not resist, nor did they complain. Matter of fact, they already told the king, hey, God's able to save us, but even if he ain't, we ain't worried about it. See, that's operating out of that serenity, that confidence, that peace. That's operating out of relationship. When the king looked in, he said, he said in shock, did not we cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? His man answered, yes. He answered, said, lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the fourth form of the fourth is like the Son of God. And it was. Jesus was walking among them. When those three Hebrew children walked in that furnace, not a hair of their heads was singed, not even the smell of fire was about them. Here we find in operation the dynamic gift of faith. These men thrown into a furnace had no way to exercise their own strength or power. Yet they walked out of that furnace without having been having resisted or fought in any way. That is faith. It was a gift of faith, a supernatural faith, an instance in which supernatural things take place because people believe. You know, I'm going to read this part here. These men thrown into a furnace had no way of exercising their own strength or power, yet they walked out of that furnace while having resisted or fought in any way. Sometimes because of life, Situation and circumstances, you're thrown into the fire, and there's nothing you can do. I'm like, I'm going back and forth to court. I'm, nothing I can do but walk through it. The systems of the world, sometimes it's just because it is what it is. The system, Understand the systems of the world are based to, to defeat and destroy God's children. That's what it is. To raise up Satan, that's what it is. And sometimes you can't get around the system. You just got to go through. And when you recognize that this is something that I can't get around, I got to go through it, make up in your mind and say, okay, God, give me the strength to go through. See, some things you can walk around. I wish to God I could walk around not having to go to court. All the crap that's going on in my life. Praise the Lord, I wish I could, but I, I can't. So I'm fighting my way through. But my fight is not against the system. Understand what I'm saying. I'm not fighting trying to go through the process. I'm not fighting against the process. I'm going to let the process be the process. My fight is for my serenity, my peace, my strength, and God to show me what to do to enable me to go through it. So often we're fighting trying to not go through it, and that's not what God knows. That, that process is designed because, see, what happens when you go through that, you're not going to come out the same. You're going to get rid of some of you. You're going to learn a whole lot more about how, who you really believe. You're going to learn about more how, how your relationship really is, not all those pretty fancy words you confess out of your mouth about how God is this. Oh, yeah, okay, uh-huh. Because that's true. Why are you walking away from what God told you to walk into? I'll just keep reading. How about that? If those men had not believed, they would have died in that fire. If they had been fearful, they would have died. But they stepped into the furnace with courage and with honor, and they came marching out unscathed. They had an element with them called faith, and it functioned in their total being. 
That is the gift of faith. Let me read this last one. I entered into the ministry with the kind of faith that perhaps many young men in my time did not possess. The day I walked out of the front door of my father's house to become a preacher, I had just a few coins in my pocket, but I was not concerned. I knew only one thing. I was called of God to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many people would never enter into a full-time ministry with no resources at all, but to me it seemed like the only thing to do, and I had no problem doing it. I had no negative thought about it. I just did it. Three years later, I was in San Francisco ready to set out around the world on a missionary. For three nights before the ship, I preached in a very large church for which I received no offering. I had to look to God as my source. When the pastor at church took me to the boat, he, proclaimed to, he proceeded to tell me how I was starved to death in China. In response, I said that if I did, I want him to send a little tombstone to China which read, Here lies Lester Sumrall who starved to death trust in Jesus. He said, I won't do it. I said, I won't need it. Those are my last words on the mainland America. I boarded the ship and sailed away, headed for Australia and New Zealand to start preaching around the world. Throughout my journey, God provided for me locally. I had no contacts in America, no churches contributing to my support. God supernaturally provided for my every need. I lived in constant state of, mm, see, this. I'm going to read this right here, and this is why many of us walk away from it. I lived in a constant state of having to believe God for my next day's transportation. Come on now. Let me read it here. I live in a constant state of having to believe God for my next day's transportation, my next day's food, my next day's money, my next day's peace. A constant state. Let me tell you about that constant state. Because that constant state, in order for you to do you got to connect. You got It takes energy for you to connect. It takes time. It takes focus. You're going to have to get out of yourself. You're going to have to do it on a continuous basis. That's why many of us walk away because we want to sit in ourselves. We want to be able to depend on ourselves. And God's going to allow you to do that. If that's, that's fine. That's fine. But you're going to get your in-game results. And you wonder why you're stuck. I lived in a constant state of having to believe God for my next day's transportation. Sometimes when traveling long distances, such as across Siberia and Russia, we had to pay in advance. I always had the necessary money at the proper time. For our trip to Tibet, which took three months on muleback, we had to hire a cute, a cook, an interpreter, and 17 pack animals. A few nights before we were leave, I had no funds to pay for the trip. The Lord provided the whole amount through one Chinese woman, a general's wife, to whom I minister healing from my Lord Jesus. In the function and operation of faith, you do not scream and cry, what am I going to do? You must rely on God to meet your need. We just rejoice in the Lord, and it came to pass. And that is why I'm stopping today. Okay. Okay. All right, questions, comments, criticism, conclusions. I'm hungry. What do I need to do? I'm not going to do Good morning. What's up, Nene? How are you? I'm doing okay. And how are you doing? I'm all right. We'll not complain. Okay. Wouldn't do no help if you did. 
There you go. I'm glad you understand. Uh, my comment on what you just said. God already said he got us. He would never leave us nor forsake us. So he already got us. But he does need us to go out and to get his will in motion. So no matter how bad you think you're off, there's always somebody else that can probably cry a little harder than you. (laughs) But in the meantime, as long as you got breath to say a word or to lend a helping hand up, you have the equipment to go ahead and pass on his word and his will. As soon as we uh, try to make it all about us, at that point, we're telling him that we don't need him Mm. and that he can leave us. And like you said, you know, uh, he's looking at how we treat treat things. So he gave us a simple plan on how to treat. All we got to do is follow it. And then things start opening up for us. But a unit working together is a unity unit instead of of self preservation. You always have a better outcome. Comment criticism. Amen. I got one for you too. If Jesus came to give, why do we hoard? If Jesus what? I said, since Jesus came to give, why do we hoard? Mm. Again, so we. What was that last bit? I said again because I don't really believe him. Right. Comments criticism going once. Comments criticism going twice. Going three times. All right, you. One prayer. I'll step up. 
Okie doke doke. I'm going to pray for the name name. Do the name name. Do the name name. Sarakanda, <laughs> I want you to increase in Renee, Karandaka. I want you to increase in as you continue to strengthen God and direct her step, Lord. Reveal to her father how to flow with you. Reveal to her, Lord, how to grow with you. Let your word continue to transform her. As you use her in a unique way. She is your daughter. She is your child. Perfect all things which concern her, Lord. Grow her up and increase. Grow her up and increase in her heart and her life. Speak life, health, strength, and restoration upon her. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 And I claim and I receive that. Right. Amen. Alright, who else for? You can pray for me. Time left, time left, time left, time left. Continue to stand in the gap for your family, your Continue to be faithful and diligent because God told you to, not because of how they act or react. See, that mandate came from God. It didn't come based upon how they treat you, what they say about you, how you feel about them. No, God said, look, I put you in that family to guard them. So my responsibility, your responsibility is to God to do what he called you to do. You can't even walk in your own feelings regard. You can't even pull back when you want to. Because now you're not pulling back from them, you're pulling back from God. God called you to be the gatekeeper. You got a responsibility. You have a mandate. So whatever they say, however they say, whatever they say, it, 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 nothing, whatever. God said, stand and pray on behalf of your family. Love on them with the love of God. Move in the strength and the anointing of God and let him do the rest. You're going to cuss me out. Jesus, name my prayer, amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Already did. Yep. Sure did. Now was that was that their prayer or was that my, or was that a combination? Oh no, that was their prayer. Okay. 
But I'm telling you to pray for them. Okay. I ain't got no problem with that. I you know, I, I, I will do as I am instructed. All right, you. Now here come your prayer now. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> what? I'm just saying. Okay. Father God, let me lift up Tamla. Oh, I'm sorry. Businesswoman, prophetess. Woman of God, Pamela. Now, you know these are things that I'm speaking over your life. I just want you to know that. So, you know, just, just, just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she just so encouraged and tickle pink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Father God, as I yield to walk in the role of the prophet that you called me to walk in. As I speak life over her, Holy Spirit, begin to manifest those things that I've stated over her life, that you will now begin to raise her up to be the businesswoman that you called her for your covenant purposes. She will begin to walk in the role of the prophetess that you've called her to walk in. She will begin to do those things that you called her to do because it is a desire from the kingdom of heaven for her to walk and to move in the anointing and the fullness of the provision of God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. All righty. Who's next? Me. Hmm? Me. Who's me? Me. That's Anne Marie? Yep. Oh, I, I, I thought I had to stop. I just I wasn't sure. Hi, sis. How you doing, girl? Fine. How are you? I'm doing good. Any particular area you want me to pray over in your life? Nope. <laughs> okay. I'll just pray then. Father God. Ooh. Interesting. Hmm. So, I know we had that conversation the other day. And it's like things, more and more things are getting placed on your plate before you. And you're kind of like, well, Lord, what do I do? I, I, I could see me doing this, Father. I could see me having a desire, but, Lord, now here comes something else. Well, Lord, I, I believe this is from you, but now, Lord, here comes something else. It's like the Lord is continually putting things before you, so now you're going, Lord, is this from you or is this me? What's going on? Okay, Lord, nothing is moving away. It's like, Lord, I don't know what to do. So I'm going to kind of tell you a little joke. To me and Erica, we kind of laugh, you know, because it kind of gets to, you know, where you go to the buffet. First we talk about, you know, we got so much on our plate. 
Then you graduate. Now it's like a buffet. Then you graduate. It's like a rotating table that's just stuff for you to do that's assigned to you. And, and, and Lord, how, how can I? I don't understand. I, I can't. And like, yeah, I know you can't, but you will. So now, what am I saying? He is constantly placing things on your agenda that are from him to do. So now you have to begin to tap into him in order how to do it. So now, what I talked about, what were those three things? Serenity, peace, and um, confidence. Your key how to achieve that's what he wants you to do because ain't none of it going going away. He is calling you up, so in order for you to walk in confidence and peace, I'm gonna tell you key, which is gonna be a very thing that you're gonna really hate is people grating your nerves, getting under your skin, telling you what to do, assigning you the stuff. Because see, all that aggravation that you feel when that happens. I gonna allow you to walk in the peace of God that's needed. So He has to train you how to die to self, because if you don't die to self, you will never be able to clearly hear the voice of God and multitask at the level that He's calling you to. Because the only way, in order to perform that which is in front of you to do, is He has to train you to multitask. He has to train our multitask, and only the Holy Spirit can do that. You can't train yourself to do this. I need to do this. I need no, 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 no. You need to throw all that out the window. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to save you some time. You need to throw all that out the window. Forget who, forget who tells you what's a priority. Forget who tells you what needs to be done now. Mm-mm, you need to let all that go. Because they're going to tell you what's a priority, but that's not what God ordains to be a priority. You got to learn how to listen. To let him put tells you what needs to be done first. We're gonna see what happens. They're gonna tell you what needs to be done first, which is not in line with what God ordained needs to be done first. And you're gonna do it because you're gonna be trying to appease man rather than appeasing God. Then when you do it, you're gonna go there. I didn't have to do this first. I could have been doing it. Then you'll be frustrated. What needed to be done ain't done. Then you'll be in trouble. But now, when you listen to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And you got all these people who are trying to pull you out of position, which is what the devil's going to do. And the Holy Spirit says, do this first. So you listen to him. You'll find that those other things that were pulling on you, for whatever reason, they'll be okay. And you come to peace with that because now you're being ordained and you're moving to do what God called you to do. And it will fall in the proper place at the proper time. Those other things which were designed to pull you out of position and not allow you to hear from God to do what he called you to do. They'll wait. So your, 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 your list of stuff ain't going on where God is training you how to multitask and how to walk and to trust in him at a level beyond you. Now, what did I say before? It's going to require stuff from you. It's going to pull on you. So now it makes you, what did I say about depending on him? He's talking about depending on him for transportation every day. Now you got to depend on him for your peace, for transportation, for your food, for your even even everything, your job, all this stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't graduate, girl. You don't got a promotion. You, look, you was trying to get a promotion on your job. God said, no, I got another promotion first. So that's why you're being exposed to so many different and new things. 
Because God said, now I'm showing you. Ooh, really? Ooh, Father God, now we, ooh, you thought that was bad. Mm, 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 mm. Now I'm showing you the area and the arena that I want you to govern. Come on now, higher to go. I'm showing you the systems that I'm positioning you in so that you can manage and direct both in the natural and in the supernatural. For I have given you the power and the authority to walk and to do what I commanded you to do. So walk in the fullness of who I called you to be. Speak, minister, do whatever needs to be done. For I have advanced you in my kingdom and for my covenant purposes. I have trusted and am entrusting you to do such because I believe you can do it. So since I have chosen you for the task, don't back down. Since I have called you to that position, trust that it will be done. Just continually learn to yield and lean on me. Allow me to equip and to govern and to direct your steps, and you will see many things turn around in my name. In Jesus' name is so, amen. Well, I ain't going to have nobody speaking to me by the time it's over with. Amen. <laughs> oh, she gave a Pam, amen. Ho, 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 that was good. <laughs> oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. We're we getting nicknames and stuff. We got the Pam Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. I called in in the first place. You get on my nerves. I'm going to Okay, who next one, prayer? All righty then. What is this I'm about to throw away? Live well, 10% off, $10 off. Well, that's old. Okay, anybody else want prayer going once? Anybody else want prayer going twice? Me. Oh, Lord, she done came back. I thought she done got rolled over by the client's truck and the client's wheelchair. Really? Yeah, why not? Why not? Works for me. Oh, Rihanna. Let me pray for my list first because, you know, I will forget. So, Father God, I'm going to lift up Brandon. Randa, 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 Hushka <laughs> Okay, this is going to be a little bit interesting, Father. We're going to pray for the list of children. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray in the spirit. Erica, I want you to focus on the children. That's all you need to do. You don't need to say nothing, but just focus. All right, Father God, we're going to pray for the children. Hushka 
Got the children, adults, this the business and the entities. Okay, we're going to do dad. Let's pray for dad. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, we're going to do dad first. Father God, hmm, this is very interesting because I'm going to say some things, but you focus on your father. Now, when I first thought about your father, the first thing that shot up in my spirit was three days. Three days. Move in that way, Father. Arandada is the word begins to rise up. As the anointing of Christ begins to rise up, in Jesus' name I pray, man. Let's get Tony. Giftings stirring up inside of him. Anointing stirring up inside of him. Mm. Truly finding peace. Truly experiencing peace. Mm. Truly beginning to allow God to be God and learning how to get up out of the way. He's going to go through a stage of just being pulled out of his mind, but that's exactly what needs to happen so he can find and recognize, I can't do it. I got to let go and let God. Thank you, Father God. Letting him to come forth to the fullness of who you called him to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's get Carlos. Wow. Out of all of them, I think he's the most hard-headed and rebellious. But this is the funniest thing. Why is it the ones the most hard-headed and rebellious normally the ones the most gifted? I feel that he can hear, sense, and understand things on the spiritual level. Very, very highly so to the point, well, you talked about how you turn off as a kid. He he just rebels. And he's he's loving and walking in that rebellion to the point that he's so comfortable that it's part of who I am. And and we've all been through that phase and said, you know, when you get older, come on, dog. That's really a lot what's going on with him. 
And so those things we're comfortable and familiar with, and he walks in it. But God got him. Oh, and when it comes, comes. Unfortunately for him, it's probably going to be when he's much older, which is, again, life is life. I don't even get judgmental at it. But better to get it on this side and not get it at all. That is my prayer for for Kenny. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The rebellion comes from the fact that if I do something different, I'm then therefore accountable, and I have to make people around me accountable, and I'm not willing to do that. Mark, say that again. I said the rebellion comes from the fact that if I do otherwise, I become accountable in knowing that I have to do right, and then I make people around me accountable, and I'm not willing to do that. Okay. And if I do, if I do, if I'm accountable, and I make myself accountable, I then have to make my dad accountable. I'm not willing to do that. It's much easier for me to stay in this position because. If I if I if I act, if I don't do it, it does have to be done, and nobody else has to basically look at me and question me as to why I'm doing it, and to challenge them and move them outside of their purview and their sphere of how they feel, because then that makes it so that all of us are now doing the right thing versus I'll just be the blame for the thing that's going wrong or being done wrong, versus stepping out of my comfort zone and making everybody else accountable. My my mother. My father, my other siblings, myself, my family. That would make you have to do right versus you just not doing it at all. You don't have to. You don't have to have accountability to anybody and for anybody because if something were to happen, you understand that if you're if you know right and you've done wrong and you're not doing right, that blood now becomes on your hands because you are accountable for the fact that you didn't tell anybody to do differently. Mm. All righty then. Okay. Well, that's Everybody in your family. So I guess it's time for Resia. Lord, let me pray for Resia pieces.
fighters to pull back. My guy said, go and confront Pharaoh. He wouldn't listen to nobody else, Schmidt. Oop, oh, did I say that? Hmm. Why guy said, get her to do it when nobody else ran the other way. Well, you know what? Why you take it up with him? But he has. Hmm. Not has he only called and chosen you to walk in the uncomfortable and the improbable. Oh, Jesus Christ and Nazareth. He has also equipped, empowered you to do such. So now, as you are slowly getting to the point that you're acknowledging it ain't going nowhere, like Fannie Marie at that table, it ain't going nowhere. You're slowly acknowledging the fact that, yeah, it's your time. You're saying yes. Walk in it. Embrace it. Because, see, the thing about it in the spiritual, they know. Everybody waiting on you. Oh, girl, you still struggling with that? I thought you said yeah to that a long time ago. All the demons are here. Here she comes. Let's get it out of the way. But, see, what happens is when you choose not to walk in who God called you to, demons are like, oh, hell, I ain't got to go nowhere. She didn't. She didn't pull on. She didn't call down on that power that's available to her. So why leave? Ooh, yeah, I don't mess with it now. Only reason the demon's not going nowhere is because you're not walking in the fullness of who God called you to walk. So you're not using what's available to you. So the demon say, "Well, hell, I ain't gotta go nowhere because she let me stay here." But when you choose to turn it on and say, you know what? It is now time for the power of God to begin to manifest in my life. And I'm moving you out of the demons of, well, hell, I'll be, I'm gone. They're not even trying to challenge you. They just ain't going nowhere because you didn't make them. So stay in uncomfortable places because they ain't going nowhere. Minister to your family, because he told you to do. Speak to your bosses and all those people who get on your nerves. Just do what God calls you to do. Watch situations change. Watch rivers reverse them. Watch gravity defy itself. Not because of Erica, but because of Aresia, the anointed one from God, the chosen vessel from God, the one that God said, child, not only is it you, it's also time. So watch and uh, <laughs> I can't even see it in so many. <laughs> so watch the hand of God move as he has shown you, but you turn it off so that you don't have to look. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And, and not to not to get on Sam's bandwagon, but it's true. Um, yesterday I was at work. And I confronted my boss because she's been very nasty the last two weeks. And I know what it is, and I and I do understand why it's happening. Because, I mean, you guys know that we always should pay attention to the Jewish calendar. Right now, it's Yom Kippur, starting today at 7, and going into Saturday at, at, at sundown. Um, this is one of the most high significant holidays on the Jewish calendar because of the fact that it is when you are to be in tune with God and, and focus on what he is doing for you and in your life. So
So with that being said, the other thing is that my aunt and I were talking, and we were talking about the fact that, well, she said something. She said she doesn't know why it's such an evil presence around here. I said, well, the evil presence is something simple as this. It's spirits in the house. She says, well, what do you mean? I said, well, it is a snake that keeps on coming around the house. She says, what do you mean? I said, there's a snake that basically hides itself when you turn and look at it. And I said, I have seen it on multiple occasions, but more um, more prevalent at nighttime when I'm here and I am working on the computer or I'm getting something done, it's like you can see it, like, um, coiling up to strike. But when you look at it, it basically shrivels down like it was just a, like a, a sweater hanging over the door. And she's just like, I thought it was my, and, and see, here, here is the part where the, the Bible talks about knowledge and understanding that we need to come to all understanding and knowledge because my aunt said that she thought that was her mother coming back to tell her to get ready that she was dying because she was going to go to heaven. I said, as a snake, she said, I don't know. <laughs> and you know what? But I said that to say that the spirits are comfortable when we don't say anything. The spirits are comfortable when we don't do anything. The spirits feel as if they have free reign because of the fact that we are not stepping our game up. The spirit has the, the spirits feel as if they can do whatever because including myself, we've not said anything. And with, with I could not say anything right now without me saying an excuse as to why I didn't say anything. So, therefore, the only thing I can say is I, just as well as you, have to step up my game because people are dependent upon me. And if they're dependent upon me and I don't do what I'm supposed to do, truly they die. Plain and simple. Hello. Hello. You here? You Who's next? 
Somebody said me already. Oh. It was Morgan. Oh, hello, Sean. Hello. I'm fine. How are you? Moving around. Not complaining. Anybody want to pray for you, Sean? You said what? I said, can you pray for Morgan? Oh, I thought you said, okay, I'll pray for my child. No, I was waiting for it. I didn't necessarily know you said anybody want to pray for my child. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come right now thanking you for Morgan, Father God, her life, her purpose, her promise, and everything else, Father. We ask that you would continue to strengthen her, guide her, lead her to all understanding and truth, Father. And, Father, we ask that this time around you establish your word, Father. We ask that she has seen and heard and, and experienced you in ways that she has um, heard from us, Father. But we ask that you would establish her and, and, and encompass her in your spirit and your likeness, Father. We ask that you would give her an understanding and a peace and a, and a, and a zeal to stand through the, the actual test of the wild father. We ask that you would give her an understanding as to who she is and who she's becoming, Father God, and we just ask that you would continue to strengthen and abide in her. And, Father, we just ask you to continue just to build her up and, and, and give her the understanding and the esteem, Father God, that she needs to go through this test. We ask these things in the name we pray. Amen. It's something that's attached to you that needs not to be attached to you. There's something hovering around that mm, that wants to be attached to you. So it's like 
whatever is attached to you is a precursor to that which wants to be attached to you. So whatever, whomever is like a gateway. And that might be why you saw that thing hovering around because it wants to enter in, but whatever that is attached to you is the gateway to allow that other presence to enter in. So if you will make the minor adjustment now, that will keep the major adjustment from having to be made at a later date. So just move and do as God calls you to do. He will do the work. You have to submit and say yes. Remember, it's a minor adjustment now, but see, that's what happens with foolishness and sin and all that other stuff, which we all do. You know, we, for whatever reasons, do what we want to get into because we want to get into it, and it allows the sin to grow and to increase. And so now what could have been minorly um, repaired now comes into a major situation that we have to deal with a lot later. So just seek the Holy Spirit. And let him guide you and show you and strengthen you, and you'll be blessed because. Say my prayer, man. Say yeah, go ahead. And don't be sing, don't be singing and all that extra stuff like you were doing with Eric either. Oh, so now you telling God how to orchestrate this prayer? No, I'm telling you, I don't have no strength right now. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That the position he wants you to. You say what? Isn't that the position that he wants you to be in? Not if I can't fight. No. Oh, okay. So if you can't fight, that means you go ahead and humble yourself and say, yeah, but when you can fight, you back and say, not now. Do whatever you're saying, Sam. <laughs> you started it. Okay, I'll go ahead and pray for you, young man. How about that? You're like, whatever, dude. I really got this too, but I just want you to know. Let me pray for Mark. Continue, Holy Spirit, to speak to your child. Continue to gird, strengthen, and direct his steps. 
continue to lead him down the pathways that you want him to go, Father. Father God, allow hmm, counsel. And what do I mean by allow counsel? He's going to allow you to come to him and talk to him about what you want to do and who you are. So in other words, though he's asking or directing you in certain steps, he said, I'll, I'll hear your case. I will allow you to come before me, talk to me about what you want to do. Now, see, that's an interesting scenario because what that says is, first of all, God knows that you hear him and you know that you hear him, but you can't deny his voice. Second of all, God is saying, I'm trusting that there's enough word that is inside of him that will help him to make the right decision. And at this point in time, in this juncture, mature enough to accept my approval or my rebuttal. So if you choose to have counsel with him, he's not going to know. So don't think he's forcing his will upon you. He said, no. Not only is, and not only am I asking you to do such, I will hear your side as to why you don't why you think it needs not to be done this time or this way. And if I'm in agreement with what you say, I'll give you the time or the latitude. But if I can not in agreement, then it is what it is. So don't think that God has forced you to do something you don't want to do, that he's calling you for something you're not ready for, that he's saying go down this pathway when you go down the other one. God is saying, I'm going to give you options. I'm going to give you options, and I'm going to give you time. Because, ooh, I believe in you, Mark, and that's from the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Amen. I ain't even commenting at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to look. If I'm gonna look nobody studying her anyway. She always <laughs> got something to say. Come here and go do some work and what? Stop text messaging. Wow. What are you looking at? Mm, whatever. All right. Anybody else want prayer? Anybody else want prayer going once? Anybody else want prayer going twice? Anybody else want prayer going three times? Okay, somebody pray for me and get off this line. I'm just praying you get married.
No, you didn't do that to some poor perspective woman. Oh, Lord, 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 Lord. That's how I feel about you right now. Mm-mm. Ooh, Jesus. Let me do this. What did that woman ever do to you? <laughs> you said what? I said, what did that woman ever do to you? Oh, it's not the woman. It's, it, it's definitely the man. That, it's definitely the man I'm talking to. And it doesn't even have to do with her. It's all him. Well, some woman might need him to act like the way he acts. Now, don't you don't you ride out on my brother now. You know I'll give y'all but so many rides. Now, now you say that. I I I, I earned that right. Thank you very much. Now you say that. Remember, it starts from the head down, Mark. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't listen. Listen, I don't mind it, and I've already been married, so he got to catch up to me. Mm, that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you're right, and we are we are first take first partakers of others' fruit. And you know the thing of it is, it, all these naysayers and, and amens, it applies to y'all too. Mm-mm. Pam, and Felicia, Erica, you say you're good. I'm good. Oh, okay. Well, then, then y'all ain't got no comment. If you good, if one ain't got nothing to do with the other. Why not? Y'all are, are interpreting what I'm trying to tell my brother. Mm-hmm. So it applies mm-hmm. to y'all too. Mm-hmm. Oh well, well let me give you, let me give you the supporting scripture then. The Bible says that we preach. And we prophesy in part. I said something, and then you guys had your parts. Mm-hmm. Sam is quiet on that line. Mm, there's your church mouth kissing again. Oh, that's what he's doing. Thank you. No, I was I was really being funny towards my brother, but I'll pray for him. But it would be funny if he did get married. <laughs> it also <laughs> Yeah, he he's not laughing now, is he? No, I did it on purpose. I was harassing him because he was harassing me. But it's okay. Father, we ask that you would allow Moses to just become who he is, Father God. We ask <laughs> that you allow him to step into the realm, Father God. We ask that you continue to keep him and allow his mind to be stayed on you, Father. We ask that you give him peace that surpasses all understanding with everything that concerns him, Father. We ask that you would allow the manifestation of the words that you have promised, Father, to be established in his life. And we ask that you would continue to just show yourself strong to this man of God, Father. We ask that you would give him insight like never before, Father. We ask that you give him um, tutelage for business, wealth, um, strength, and um, anything that his heart desires, Father, because he's been a workman according to your will. And we ask that you continue to give him a blessing from on high, Father, because he has done what you have told him to do, Father. He has sacrificed. He has done the things that you've asked of him to do regarding his children, his father, his mother, and the people that he takes care of, Father God. We ask that you would just do that in return, Father, because you said you watch over your work to perform it, Father God. And we ask that you would watch over the work that you have performed 
that you have given to your child, and we ask that you will perform it, Father. We ask that you give him an understanding that this process is not for punishment, Father God, but it is for purpose. And we ask that you just know that he has humbled himself and submitted himself to your will and to do it your way, Father. And we just ask these things in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. See, brother, that wasn't that bad. Uh, now you're going to ignore me. I said, I think Vanessa is, uh, wants a prayer. I just saw that. So you're going to ignore me, brother? All right, you. Hey, man. Okay. <laughs> you a little, we'll talk later. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. But why don't you pray for Vanessa and then I'll pray for Vanessa. How about that? Dear Father, we just ask that you would touch Vanessa, Father. Whatever it is that she is in need of, Father, we ask that you would bless her in your fashion, Father. We ask that you would continue to strengthen God's rule. We ask that you would give her peace regarding her children, Father God. We ask that you would give her, I believe that it's her son, Father God. We ask that you would give her even a peace for him as well as her workplace, Father. We ask that you would give her insight spiritually as to how she should respond and what she should do, Father. We ask that you would give her peace that would surpass our understanding, Father God. We ask that you give her an understanding as to why you have her where she is, Father. And we ask these things in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Lord. Let me encourage you to stand and stand therefore to seek God let him be God you're in a new environment a new territory but you are beginning to truly experience the hand of God in a way and in a manner where you haven't before because even in the midst of your uncomfortableness, this newness, this foreign land, this foreign territory, you are seeking God and letting God be God. See, so often we seek God, but then we go do what we want to do. But now now you're seeking God and you're pausing and stopping to let God be God. You're letting God manifest. You're not running out here and doing something on your own. You're saying, no, God, I need you to move. I need you to manifest. And see those three things that we talked about, the peace, the confidence, and serenity, you're finding those to be your friend. And you're beginning to find the power of God walking and moving in you and through you. 
So just continue to be girded up and encouraged to do that which is called you to do. Don't pull back for you have not now is not the time for God has not only placed you there, he's also training and establishing you. So let the Holy Spirit continue to grow you up so you can become the fullness of the God who he calls you to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I hope she heard it. Alrighty. So I'm gonna say that to everybody. If nobody else wants anything, we can get off this phone. Anybody else want any prayer? Anybody else want any prayer going once? Twice, three times later. Okay. I will say au revoir, and I will talk at you later. Have a blessed day, everyone. Mm-hmm. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Mm-hmm. All right, peace. Stay blessed.